listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, the joke-making, fun-having, pop culture podcast. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. And I am your co-host, Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend. Yes, and we're bringing you sunshine on a cloudy day, like always. Yes. And yes. it is currently Sunday, November 5th. 2023 20, at 10:45 p.m. and uh, the current temperature outside is 50 degrees, I believe. 53, actually. Maybe where you're at. Hold on a it, sec. It is for me. It is for me. Yes. It is 49 here. Ooh. Well, that's what you get for living by a river. Anyway. <laughs> 49 feels like 43. Ouch. Ooh, wind chill in the city. Damn. I thought Chicago was supposed to be the windy city, not not Rockford. Bruh. Why no. is, free, why no. is free, no. Freeport so you know, much warmer? Dude, so when I was living out in Lake County, the winters out there were so much worse Mm, okay. So much worse because we had the lake effect. Lake Michigan was not that far away. You know, I think we're warmer out here in Freeport because of all those sulfur leaks. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm bro. <laughs> no, no, this is a callback. Uh, do you remember when I told you the story of how it was like foggy as shit for like three days straight for no reason and literally no one noticed at all? Yeah. Like nobody yeah. said shit. And I was like, what is this Silent Hill nonsense? <laughs> I was like, going to say, yeah, you said something about Silent Hill. The government is experimenting on this town. That's why everyone acts so weird in the fast food drive throughs mm-hmm. like, <laughs> Yes. Um. Anyways, <laughs> no, but okay, so, but seriously, though, um, ridiculous conspiracies aside, I decided right. I'm going to start saying, we've been recording these, like, way in advance, and sometimes out of order, so I'm going to start saying the dates at the beginning of them so that you have context for when we recorded it so that you know how recent or not <laughs> the news and shit that we talk about is. Yeah. Um, you know, just so that there's context, just so that there's no confusion, because, you know, sometimes you may be like, why are they talking about God of War Ragnarok? Shit came out last year, you know? <laughs> hey, sometimes in the media corner, though, we bring up old stuff, because we've seen it yes. for the first time recently, and that's okay. That's okay. Yes. The news is usually recent at the time of recording, though. Yes. <clears throat> yes, recent and fact-checked. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I had to do that before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, before we get to the, um, to the life updates, uh, do you want to tell the audience what our topic is going to be later today? Our topic, uh, today is, uh, tearjerkers. Anything having to do with movies, TV shows, even songs that make you cry. Books, and, even. Mm-hmm. And 
video games. All media. Yeah, video games too. Yeah, all media. Yeah. Because let's not pretend like there aren't sad moments in the stories of those too. Oh, dude, they're they're dude. For real though. Yeah, yeah. There's a game I'm gonna also, definitely need to talk about. Uh, not just not just sad moments. Not just sad moments, but any moment that also gave you happy tears. I will. Yeah. We will, yeah. We will okay. Do that too. We'll count that. Yeah. Because those are tear jerkers too. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's like a it's a mixed emotion type deal, you know. Plus, yeah. I have a very very good example of that, so I you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. She Bob and Doofle. All right. Mm-hmm. Well. Um. Indeed. I had. I had a weekend. Um, yeah. I hung out with uh, Kyle and PJ Friday night. Oh, nice. It, it was, we went to PJ's house. It was kind of a last minute thing. It wasn't really okay. pla- planned or anything. It was just like. Fair enough. PJ messaged me and he's like, hey, do you want to swing my way this evening? I was <laughs> like, I reckon I do. <laughs> so <laughs> we did. <laughs> so I, I headed out that way. Yeah, because that's how we talk. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, we went over there and uh we watched the first 3 episodes of the new season of Rick and Morty. Nice. Um, which I I will I I could so I just want to point out by the way, if if I was to expect any of my friends to notice the difference in the voices or even just be pissed that Justin Roiling got replaced in the first place, it would be these two. And I asked both of them, "Do you notice a difference in the voices? Do they sound different to you?" And they both said, no. <laughs> they both said they sound fine. Here's another prime example. My mom can't stand Morty's voice when he was played by Justin Roiland with all the screeching and the whininess, right? Uh-huh. It sounds similar enough to her that she left the room when it was on. <laughs> so, so I will... So everybody who says that it's different are really just a bunch of Roiland stands who are butthurt that he got replaced because, quite frankly, they sound pr- close a fuck enough, <laughs> you know? Right. Um. Yeah, so... And now I have two people that I really would have expected to notice the difference back me up on there being little difference. So... <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that kind of, you know, now I feel justified. PJ did say, though, there hasn't been a lot of Morty so far. He he said he'd have to see more, like a more Morty-centric episode to really judge yeah. his, his voice. It's mostly been Rick-focused, but Rick Makes sounds sense. fine. So Morty sounds like he finally hit puberty. It's a little less dub dub. Otherwise, he's the same. So, But anyways, I digress. So, yeah, we hung out. We did things, ate stuff. It was good. We had pizza. Nice. We had Ooh. chips. Yeah. Nice. We got a little intoxicated. It was it was a good time. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times had by all. And uh, grabbed some Burger King on the way home the next day. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. I've and, oh I've heard some things about the fucking uh new snack wrap ish. <laughs> thing that they have at burger king they're basically saying burger king the crispy royal wrap as they they're basically saying that burger king stole the opportunity to bring back the snack wrap when mcdonald's wouldn't i mean somebody somebody had somebody had to right um 
It's okay, yeah, because there's there's three flavors, two kinds of spicy and then normal. I you okay. know, so I always get, I always get the normal one. Um no, I might, might be like overselling it. One. I think there's like there's a spicy one, a honey mustard one, and then a regular one. And the regular one just has the BK Royal sauce on it, which is Okay. Good, okay. Which is good. Um but no, we did the because uh, they have a um a special right now, and I'm not shilling or nothing. This is a, this is just like you know, it's a, I know a good deal when I see it. I'm a gamer on a budget, like <laughs> um. So it's two junior whoppers of any variety for five dollars. You know, um, okay. And they were pretty because I got two of the barbecue bacon and cheese ones, and they were filling like just those two Ooh. sandwiches on their own. Yeah. You know, that sounds were, yummy. And they were juniors with everything on them, too. Normally, I take the onions off, but I didn't this time because the crunchiness went perfectly with the barbecue sauce. Yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> yeah, it worked. It worked for me. So, another big thing that happened. So, so even so, this past weekend, like I said, I went to PJ's house, me and Kyle. But the weekend before that, Kyle was actually out here all weekend hanging out with me. And okay. we. We watched a whole bunch of shit, like a Family Guy. We watched that new South Park special on Paramount Plus. The the Pandaver- how was that the Pandaverse one? <laughs> it was pretty funny. I will say it was basically man the whole episode. They were going off on like Disney, uh, you know the the whole the whole woke Disney thing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the other half they bring of the episode- back did they bring they bring back the the psychotic Mickey Mouse for this one. No, they didn't, but there was a picture of him hanging in the office. They were mostly making fun of the the lady who who runs all that shit now. I can't remember her name. Okay. Um, But they also did the bit where they were... um, The other part of the episode was that nobody knows how to do anything anymore, so all the handymen are getting super rich and becoming, like, pimps and stuff. Oh, Jesus, uh, fuck. And instead of it being a bunch of immigrants looking for work outside of Home Depot, Depot, it's people who went to college and got degrees because they don't know any like trade, oh, any 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 okay. trade work. Yeah, it's very clever, and also because AI is replacing everything. So that was kinda yeah, like, that yeah. was kind of like the the big poll. So they did. So it was two different things, and I will say in the shows. You have to remember, South Park never really takes sides. They go after everyone equally, but this episode felt very one-sided for most of it. Like, they were going hard on Disney's diversity stuff, and they were, like, saying that multiverse stuff is lame and stupid and yada yada. And they were pandering, because, like, there's a multiverse where all of the characters are replaced by diverse females. Um, Oh, jeez. Okay. So, but, but... But at the end of the episode, they basically say that these two things are the cause of each other. You know, like Disney keeps doubling down on the diversity because they keep getting racist hate mail from stupid people. And basically, Cartman represents all of the racists in the audience. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's that, that's ex- fitting for Cartman. That's definitely yeah. fitting for him. So there is a lesson there, but of course, you know, stupids on the internet took it, you know, they, they of course, cherry-picked the parts of the episode they liked and ignored the part at the end where it flipped the script on them because, you know confirmation bias so you know of course yeah. they, they made memes out of it so anytime they see something like literally i saw a post today on facebook where they just announced uh-huh. that uh this um 
the new um one of the new heads of Microsoft is this this uh African American lady and like so many of the comments were like memes from that South Park episode where like oh, geez. where it's just like this multiverse version of Cartman who runs Disney as this angry woman and he he or she or whatever just keeps saying uh-huh. keep keep saying put a chick in it and make her gay uh what is, the fuck yes okay you have to watch this it's on paramount plus it's oh yeah no I'll, I'll definitely plan on watching it i definitely a, plan on watching it yeah it was it was a clever episode i get what they were trying to say that disney doesn't have any original ideas anymore i get it but they were also yeah. but they they also called out the stupid racist people too and that's yeah. the part that that's the part that people on the internet conveniently miss is that they got called yeah. out they got called out too so it's yeah it's a double-sided message and it's just people choose to see which part of it they want to just like every single south park thing just like when in season 20 when they started making fun of trump and so many people bitched about it and they they ignored the fact that in season oh, that 19, shit was funny in season nine they spent all of season 19 making fun of pc culture so it was fair they did one then they did the other but when they did the other those who so those who laughed during season 19 are suddenly offended during season 20 you know what i mean it's yeah it's it's hypocrisy but where i was going with this was uh yeah kyle was here we were hanging out but one night outside my window Outside my bedroom window here, I heard some rather loud uh, screeching, and I look out, and there's this kitten that can't be any more than a couple weeks old, very tiny, out there in the parking lot, just screaming its head off. There's an adult cat nearby that is, like, paying no attention to it, so it can't be mama. It just doesn't care. The kitten gets close to it, and it keeps running away. So, I... um go out there and I bring it closer to the building and I point it out to the landlord and she comes out and uh-huh. she she's like, Oh, this poor thing, we gotta get it, you know, and it like ran under a car and we had to coax it out, but we got it and she brought it into her mom's apartment, uh and they like gave it some formula and warmed it up and everything and they took it Good. to the vet. They took it to the vet. It had fleas. It was super malnourished. The vet said that that kitten would not have made it through the night if they didn't take it in. So Good, uh, good, yeah. good. I'm glad you were able to spot that one, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's this cute little female tuxedo cat. It's uh got well it's Aww. just I don't know I don't know if it's tuxedo so much as just black and white, but it's got a half a mustache. It's got like like, above well, its, like, okay. It's above its lips. It's got like instead of the black line going all the way across, it's just on one side. Okay. Yeah, I got a little half stash. <laughs> half stash. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, that's what I've been doing lately. Everything else will be talked about in the media corner. What's up with you? So, uh. Eh, nothing too much to report on this week. Um, but, uh, I did happen to watch, uh, the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie, yeah, I I watched it with, uh, I, I 
watched it on uh, Plex with uh, my girlfriend Sarah. We did a, like a virtual watch party. So we did that. Uh, I liked it. Uh, it was dark. Like not in sense of the like the like the, the demeanor of the film itself because obviously it's a very bright colored movie and a comedy. Yes, and a comedy, but this shit, the 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 humor in this the so <laughs> many like dark moments, bro. Like this is like the depression Barbie. What? Yes. Aha! Yes. Bro, like this is some like I was like up until that point I'm like, ah. Uh, it's a deep look into I, the it, into the a, psyche of the of the of that character. Yeah. The, not not know. the Barbie, not the Barbie, but the character who created those ideas. Yes. Know? Yeah, no, it's yep. Mhm. And uh which actually made a pretty good twist if you ask it me. Re- it really did. Um I um I don't know if I feel comfortable letting my daughter watch this one just yet. It's 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 an adult comedy. It's not a kids movie. You no, know, but she had been bugging me about wanting to watch it, and I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this first to make sure. I would say, I mean, teenagers are probably okay. Oh yeah, teenagers are fine, but my daughter, she's five. No, although I guess when you think about it, are the adult jokes any worse off than? Like your typical Disney movie. Although I still think it's funny that Ryan said Barbie and Black Panther are basically the same story when you think about oh. it. <laughs> huh? How? He said that in the Halloween episode. Did you Did you forget? He said there's a YouTube video where somebody explains the story of both of them in such a way that it could apply to either movie. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. We do a lot of these. All right. Well, well, we've done a lot of these. If you called twenty a lot, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Well, in the grand scheme of things, maybe, maybe not. Because I was listening to the PlayStation podcast earlier, and they're like, "Welcome to episode four hundred and sixty-seven." Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> this has been going since like 2012. <laughs> anyways outside of the barbie movie what else did wait we haven't recorded since you you and sarah came to visit uh we haven't recorded since then have we yeah we recorded last sunday okay did we talk last sunday last we talk about you guys coming over and watching snl did we i don't know if we did but anyways, that was a thing that happened recently. Yeah, folks. no, him and, we, I, I, him and Sarah me, came to visit me again. Yeah, me, yeah, me and Sarah came to visit, and then, oh yeah, no, we did talk about that because we we talked about it before it happened. Oh, we talked about that you were going to come out, right? Because you, yeah, were... okay, all right, yeah, we yeah, must we have, talked about it. We must have skipped happened. recording the weekend that you came out. Then, yeah, probably. Wait, no. Cuz that's the night that I watched Saw X and that was that was the Saw X record. Uh, that was the Saw X review. 
Okay, that's what that was. Yeah, we want we did the review of yep. Saw X instead of a normal episode. Yep, right, it was a bonus right. a bony sode. <laughs> yeah, I need to start a spreadsheet. I can't keep track anymore. Um All right. So anything else? Uh Oh, um the Ice Hogs game that Sarah and I went to. Uh I I have not seen the, the Rockford Ice Hogs play that play like that in a long time. Um uh, there was a I mean, she was there was a lot of shit talking at the very beginning of the game. I love her so much, but that 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 shit talking came back to bite her in the ass cuz um uh the ice hogs beat the Iowa Wild 6 to 2 nice yeah it was a it was a good game i uh i i will say that uh i don't think i, I honestly i think the i could be spitballing here but i think the reason the iowa wild was having such a hard time was because there was a this belligerent uh ice hogs fan directly screaming at the the iowa wilds goalie and i i don't know if that was throwing the goalie off or what but i think that might have had something to do with it okay Cause we were we because she had gotten because she's a uh, a season ticket holder with the Iowa Wild, and she was able to get the Iowa Wild um, uh, guest uh, the uh, the member services person to reach out to the member services for the Rockford Ice Hogs, and she was able to get uh, season ticket seating for us for the game. So we were we were we were pretty close to the ice. Uh, we were pretty close to the to the ice. Um, but yeah, no, there was this other season ticket holder just belig- It was two dollar beer night, and he had probably had one too many beers, and he was belligerent, <laughs> belligerently yelling at the Iowa Wild goalie. At one point, I think I remember him saying, "You couldn't, you couldn't stop a beach ball or some shit like that." Like. He was he was going he in on it, but like, <laughs> oh man, no, this one, it was it was a good game. I, I have not seen the Hogs play like that in a while, and I've been keeping up with the with their with their scores, and they've been dominating over the last couple weeks, like over the last few games. They bet uh, like yesterday they were in um, Winnipeg, Manitoba playing the the moose and they were there again tonight and they dominated both uh, the, the ice hogs dominated both nights All like right. they, i think we have a potential to be in the running for the calder cup this year for this season i i might be pre- i might i might be like preemptively pulling the trigger there but I have I have a good feeling about this season for the Hogs. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's your sports update, folks. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> you know what I was just thinking? Just a little peek into the future. We should do like a uh, like a debate episode one of these yeah. days. Just like a fun like like where we where like regardless of how we actually feel, we okay. just like we we take the sides of different things. Like one of us takes Coke and the other Pepsi. One of us takes Xbox, the other PlayStation, and we argue about like in favor of which one is better and why. Or just like I like you know I, I like that idea. Yeah, and I hope you're prepared because one of the things I'm going to have us discuss is whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. So oh, Jesus be... fuck. Okay. Yes. <laughs> also, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Stay tuned. I don't know. I've never <laughs> seen it, and I need to watch it before that episode then. Um, you need to watch it before the Christmas episode. That's one we're going to do too, folks. We did a Halloween episode. We're going to do a Christmas one too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm excited for that yeah. one. Christmas, Christmas is my favorite holiday, y'all. We just, um, we're going to cover, uh, we're going to cover those holidays because a lot of movies focus on them. You don't really get a lot of, oh, like, yeah. f- 4th of July and Easter movies, you know what I'm saying? No, no you not get, for real. You get horror movies for Halloween, you get Christmas movies for Christmas. You don't really get a lot of Thanksgiving movies either, it's usually w- Christmas, it's usually There combined. was that one Thanksgiving movie, it was an, an it was about a, it was an animated movie called Freebird. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, that's a Thanksgiving movie, I would say. Is it? Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a yeah, good that's, one. That's a Thanksgiving movie. Okay. Um, one could even argue you know, the, nightma- okay. the, nightma- the Nightmare Before Christmas, since it's Halloween and Christmas, should be watched on Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, okay. That could be watched any time of the year, though. It can, but should it? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can't argue with that. It's a good one. <laughs> it it's is a good one. It is a good one. Yeah, in the, the Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but no, um, no. I fuck. I forgot. I was gonna say something. Ah, uh, I lost what I was gonna say. God damn it. Okay. Well, unfortunate as it is, it sounds like as good as an excuse as any <laughs> to move into the media <laughs> corner. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's Off do that. Off we go. Hello, Misty. You crazy bitch. It's been a while. I take it you know why I'm here. Okay, I'm out of here. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Media Corner, the part of the show reserved for news, reviews, and recommendations. And yeah, um, today I, uh, I, um. In this one, I'm going to have, I want to say, two reviews and one recommendation. What about you? I'm going to have three review. Uh, actually, three reviews. Ooh, three reviews. I guess well, I guess if, you're, uh, if you review something I, and also re- recommend it, you could call it a uh, rec-a-view or... Uh... I can't... I can't... Okay, so I can't give a full recommendation or review on one of them. Okay. Just yet. Just yet. But I am going to talk about it because I love it. You can give a rec... It. You can give a rec... That, that, that would be a recommendation, then. If you're saying... Okay, yeah, yeah. You, you like it and people should check it out, but you can't... But you're not reviewing it. That's a recommendation. So... Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, why don't you kick us off, then? 
Yeah. So I, it's, it's, this is fresh on my mind. Uh, actually, just before recording, I just got done watching um, uh, Insidious The Red Door on Netflix. It dropped on Netflix yesterday at the time of recording this. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it dropped on Netflix on on the uh, on on a, on a Saturday. On a Saturday, I've I've never heard of anything dropping anywhere on a Saturday. Ooh, how insidious of them! Right, dude. Okay, so this this movie. Oh my god, so many jump scares. Love, fucking loved it. Um. But what really threw me for a loop is Dalton and Foster are all grown up, mm-hmm. and they're well, not all grown. Up. Dalton's off to college. That's 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 no that's not technically a spoiler because it's it's it's. I think it's part of the trailer. I think yeah, it's the setup for the story. Yeah, setup for the story. Yeah, no, he's he's in college, and they erased is... they erased his memory. Of what yeah, happened. no, they they suppressed his memory uh, because of they had him convinced that it, that he was in a coma for a whole year when he was ten during and the events of the remember, first movie. During the events of the first movie, and he had no memory of what happened during that entire year. Damn. Yeah. The fa- okay, so that knowing that that the 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 whole the the entire first film took place over the course of a year, that's insane. Well, I think that's including the first and second movie, technically. Yeah, you're not real. That that's true. Okay, now there is a return of a certain character. I'm not going to say which character that is because that would be a spoiler. And I'm not doing that because this is not a, a, a bony sode. This is just a mini review. Well, also, this movie is not past its uh, statute of limitations yet. If that, it's, that's fair. If it's past the statute of limitations, we can definitely talk about it. That's it, fair. This, isn't, this came out this year, <clears throat> so. Yeah, it did. It did. I think it came out in July, didn't I? I think we, I remember. I think I remember talking about it on a, a, a previous episode. Hmm. Okay. About it, it before it, before it was hitting theaters. Here's two things I want to know. The first thing I want to know is: Does it tie in with the last key at all? Is there anything from that that was like that the last key makes, makes that movie actually matter? <laughs> Not that I can tell. Damn. Okay. I was, to be honest, I was disappointed in the last key. I like all the other ones. I just was hoping that this movie would justify its existence. No, this this one though definitely ties into the first two. Yeah, it's. I'm glad that they go back to that. I'm glad that they're getting back to the main story there. Um, yeah, no, I <clears throat> I love it. The other I love everything to do with it. You said it had a lot of jump scares. My question is: Is it like over reliant on them, or is there a lot of is there a decent amount of like the psychological stuff they had in the first movie too? Like focus, yes, focusing on. So, is there a good amount of like blinking, you'll miss it, shit in the background kind of stuff? You know, like um, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. 
I because I prefer the I prefer the show don't tell with the horror movie things because you know like in the first movie there was that scene where she's walking around the house and at one point she walks through a room and there's like a boy standing there by the wall and it's like it, you kind of almost have to rewind it to catch it but he's there yeah you know it, they I love when they do stuff like that you know there um, was a line in this movie. That kind of hit home a little bit with my off audio personal life shit that's going on. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it, but I will say the line that that hit home for me, and the the line was, "We could learn a lot from kids." Fair and also true. Yeah, very fucking true. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you yeah. Felt, you felt good about the story, the acting. Oh my god! The yes. way it, the way it was filmed, all that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Dude, you have to hop on this shit. You got be... to hop on this shit. I will be checking so it out good. at some point. It's so good. I'll definitely be checking it out at some point for sure. Okay. Mm. Okay, then. Well, if this is a review, then what's your rating? 9.5. <laughs> okay. Wait, nope. I can't. I can't. It was too well done. 10. You are... An extremely generous reviewer. <laughs> I will say that. No, like, I like the way that it tied in with the first two movies. That's I my s- reasoning behind that. That's fair. I, I, I honestly, hey, everyone's entitled to their own rating. I can't um, uh, say much because I haven't seen it, so. Fair. Yeah, true. I just, I guarantee you it probably won't be that high for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> fair. I mean, you. I mean, you. You really have to break the mold to get that high of a score from me. Like I said, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, like I said before, it's like shit, like Lord of the Rings and stuff. But I use examples like that because those are like phenomenal, like Oscar-winning, like solidified in movie history type movies. You know, like regardless of how you personally feel about movies like Titanic or Lord, yeah. or Lord of the Rings or Scarface or Godfather or Star Wars or any of that shit, there's no denying how important they are to movie history. <laughs> oh, absolutely. How big they are. Those are all 10 out of 10 movies, regardless of how anyone personally feels about them. You know, plenty of people, you like... You know, you don't like mafia movies. There's plenty of people who don't like sci-fi stuff, too, you know. That's fair. It doesn't, you know, appeal to them. But I think we can all agree that regardless of how we personally feel about these movies, they are um, legends in movie, yes, in in cinema history. Absolutely. There's no dismissing that. Um, Okay, so... All right, so you enjoyed that. I, I did. Um, all right, so I will start with... Um, hmm. Yeah, screw it. I'll start with this game, Fort Solace, that I played recently. 
Now, okay, you may remember they talked about this a little bit at the at the Game Awards last year, and then a little bit at Summer Game Fest this year. Too. I remember Summer Game Fest, yeah. Um, yeah, Troy Baker on stage talking about it a bit. Uh, yeah, this is not a horror game. It is more of a sci-fi thriller, and it's not. It is a story-focused game. Like truly, you there's. The only way that you can quote-unquote lose this game is by getting the bad ending, and the only way you can do that is by fucking up the quick-time events at the very, very <laughs> end. At the very Fair end. Fair enough. Um, but it's not one of those... You, you can mess up every other quick-time event in the game, and literally all it does is change the cutscene a little bit. Things keep going forward, so... Because um, it's not that kind of game. What this game is is a game that's all about the story. It's basically what some people would call a walking simulator, like Edith Finch or Everyone's Gone to the okay. Rapture. You know, but it's a bit more than that, and it's not in first person, it's third person. But basically, these mm-hmm. these scientists are on, I want to say, Mars or something, and long story short, science goes wrong, and a bunch of people get infected, and... Uh, the head botanist tries to cover up the truth, and this guy who tries to expose the truth gets in trouble, and he kind of goes on a murder spree to stop all of the infected people on the base from leaving. And you end up playing as two people that come in during the aftermath of this and are trying to, you know, escape this crazy axe-wielding maniac while also piecing together what happened and it's not like he's like roaming the halls trying to get you while you're playing like an actual horror game no it's all scripted mm-hmm. it's all cutscenes. it's all scripted you know you can't okay. you can't die you're never in danger it's just spooky atmosphere because everything's dark and everyone's dead you know it's story driven and there's story driven and there's blood everywhere yeah but it's literally like playing a four-hour movie um okay yeah <clears throat> um so with that being said, though, I have a couple of problems with it that, like, the characters kind of move too slow, especially in situations where they should be running for their lives. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and shit like that, you know, the pace, like, I wish there was a sprint button. I felt kind of, like, I hated, like, walking on the surface of the planet. You can't see yeah. sh- see, see shit when you're outside because there's a storm going on, so you have to rely mm-hmm. on your map to see where you're going, but it's straightforward, the puzzles are easy, the collectibles are easy to find, I got the platinum in it, I beat the game in like five hours, and got all the trophies, so... Not bad. Yeah, so it was an easy one, um, I find the story very engaging, but this is mm. not, this is, there's no replay value here, you know, it's, it's a one and done kind of deal, you know. Um, unless, yeah. unless you want to backtrack and find the collectibles you missed. Some of them are worth it, but they basically boil down to video logs and audio logs from the crew that tell mm. you what, what happened before you got there. Um, right. <clears throat> so it is good to find them. Um, and Troy Baker plays the villain in this and he's like really creepy. Um, okay. It, you know, that's the voice of Joel from the last of us and Booker. DeWitt. Okay. Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. Um, he's in a lot, okay. of sh- a lot of shit. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I would, would you? I would. Give would you this, rate it? Yeah, I was gonna say I would give this like a seven out of ten. It's seven out of ten. Yeah. It's okay. Good. It's good. It's it's good enough. It's not like 
you know, it's not great. It's not like spectacular. You know, there are better games of this genre of the like the walking, mm. the walking sim with a horror vibe genre. Like what remains of Edith Finch? That one's phenomenal. That's a nine out of ten game. This one okay. is this one is okay. It had some issues, um, but it was a very enjoyable narrative. I found the narrative engaging for sure, and um, I I just I wish that it had a little more pizzazz. It kind of. The, the climax kind of fizzles a little bit, but it's still a good story. Um, so, yeah, a 7 out of 10 for this one. It's probably not going to win any awards at the Game Awards, but I do think it's a good rental, like a Gamefly, mm-hmm. like a Gamefly rental if you just wanted to. And if you have PlayStation Plus Premium, there's an hour trial, and that's basically a quarter of the game finished right there. So <laughs> Fair. So... Yeah, and it's, oh, only, that's a... it's it's only thirty bucks too, so there's that as well. That's not bad. Yeah, that's no, a... I enjoyed it. Hello, audience. Oversoul here with a quick editor's note. Uh, just wanted to let you know that I've actually cut the next section out of the media corner because Nick gives a recommendation for the game Man of Madan. Now, in terms of when we recorded these episodes, this would have actually been his first time talking about it. But, since we recorded this episode before some of the other ones we put out, and in those ones he also talks about that game, but he'd already been into it for a while and started playing it. So, instead of confusing you by having you listen to his experience with that game in reverse order, I'm just cutting that section out of this episode entirely. But... You know, for the sake of fairness, I also cut several things that I said out of the life updates section because they were also no longer canonically relevant. For example, I mentioned finally finding work, but in episodes that you've already heard, I would have talked about how that work is going. So, again, to avoid confusion, I've cut some things out for the sake of continuity. So, that's what's missing from this episode of the Media Corner, so we're just going to jump straight into the next thing, which is another review from me. Enjoy. Okay, time for another review from me. This one is okay. for a TV show, the first oh. and the first and maybe only season. I don't know because this show is a spinoff. Are you familiar with the Amazon Prime gory superhero? The boys. Show? The boys. Yes. Okay. Okay, so, I know where you're going with this. There's a yes. spinoff show called Gen V. And oh god, I need to is, get on that. It is I would consider it required viewing for the boys. Gen V is essentially season three point five of the boys. I it gotta is, get on that. It is important. Uh canonical. I, it is con- yeah, it's canonical. It's highly canonical. And I would say extremely important because I feel like things that happen in this show are going to affect stuff that happens in the next season of The Boys, to some degree at least. I'm excited for season four. Yeah, watch this first. You have to watch Gen V first. Oh, I plan on it. I plan on it. So it's eight episodes. Each one's about 40 minutes. It's just as violent and gory and over the top as, as... the boys um but this this is about a college uh for superheroes godolkin university where um there is secretly an underground laboratory where they are doing horrifying experiments trying to create a way to rid the world of superheroes basically okay and um 
the game base or the the game the show basically becomes a uh, investigative you know like the like a like a, a te- let's team up and solve this mystery gang kind of ordeal but you know with a lot of blood right. and cursing, blood and cursing <laughs> you know um you know cuz it's in the boys universe um it's mm-hmm. really cool people's the main character her powers she's a bloodbender she has the ability to control blood like a waterbender could could with water yeah it's really interesting okay um but yeah, um, but basically, long story short, an incident happens on campus, and it bring it catches the attention of Vaught, and everything starts spiraling from there. Fucking Vaught. So, yeah. Man. So yeah, I got beef have... with Homelander. Okay. Everybody Homeland- does. Homelander's a piece of shit. His actions at the end of the last season actually have a direct impact on a lot of things that happen in the story of this show. Oh, that that intrigues me even more. Say less. So yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Especially in certain episodes. Um, I believe there's, it. There's definitely a group of protesters that are pro Homelander in one episode. Okay. Yeah. There's um. Th- th- this seems to be. I think what they're building up to, and I think what it's going to climax to in in a upcoming season of the boys if not next season then definitely the next the one after right is, they're trying to create a war between humans and superheroes i think is what they're building up to in this okay, okay. in like this franchise in general okay so i heard ryan talking about this on fortress of nerditude a little bit and yeah. he said that there was a a lot of, there's a lot of um uh the the character from season three of the boys, Soldier Boy, played by Jensen Ackles. There's a cameo. Yeah, there's a cameo. A cameo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a good cameo too. Okay. Yeah, really good one. So um I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring that up or not because I didn't know about it, so when I saw it it was a nice surprise. <laughs> oh fair. Okay. But... You know, I, I, I heard about it through the, the, the podcast vine <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so um yeah this show is great it's crazy how they take like superpowers that are like cliche like the ability to shrink or grow big like ant-man but then they yeah. add add like real life disparity to it like there's a girl in the show who she could do that she can shrink or grow big but in order to shrink she has to vomit in order to grow big she has to binge on food so she has body image issues as a result Oh damn! Yeah, they get deep with it. It's, okay, uh, like that's one of the things I appreciate about the boys' universe is that it is realistic. This is what superheroes would actually be if they were real. This, like, yeah, everyone's like Marvel, DC. That shit's a co- Candyland cotton fantasy. Like this, pretty like, fucking much. Even when they get violent, it still pales in comparison to what it would actually be like. The boys, yeah, like in the boys, is the boys, accurate. yeah, yeah. No, that's that. Not only that, Bruh. but the way Bruh, that you ain't lying. The, way, the way that corporations merchandise the shit out of them and everything too, you know, mm-hmm. the way that superheroes are pushed for political gain and yada yada, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the way that they're used to help win wars, that would be real. <laughs> yeah, I fucking would. The Boys is probably some of the most poignant social commentary I've ever seen. It is yeah. so good. <clears throat> 
Um, Love every minute of it. And Gen V is just as good as the boys. This um, Gen V season one is a solid nine, maybe even a 9.5 out of 10 for me. Ooh. That's yeah. high praise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's so... No, that says a lot, and that yeah. makes me want to watch it even more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Oof. All right, what's, what's the third thing on your list? Uh, I watched, uh, on a Halloween night, I watched the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, I can piggyback. Yeah. I, can, I can piggyback on this one. Yeah, no, I, um, like, okay. I... Coming from someone who has never played any of the Five Nights at Freddy's games, I I was able to keep up with it. Um, I uh, you, you you did you sent me that uh, that seven minute lore video uh, uh, on the Five Nights at Freddy's lore, and I watched that. I'm like, holy fuck, this shit is dark. Yeah, good context. For those, right. and <clears throat> for those who don't know in the audience, the lore of the Five Nights at Freddy's games is, long story short, bad men kill children, ghosts of children possess animatronics, animatronics kill security guards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yes. also kidnap more children to make more of them. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, fucking, the fact that he, like, stuffed the corpses of the children into the animatronic bodies to go... Because no one's going to check the animatronics. No one's going to check the animatronics. So five, the, Freddy Fazbear's is... They, 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 they check that off the list of where, they, where, where, the, where, the, where the missing children might be. Yeah. Fuck. This is this is some dark shit. I had a very baseline knowledge of the lore of the games going into this. Basically what in that video I sent you, you know. Yeah. And I've watched Markiplier play some of some of the games. I haven't watched them all start to finish, but I know enough. And um you know, I sister, didn't know anything about these games uh, going location, into this. Sister Location was a fun watch because they switched it up. I never played the games because when I watched them, I was like, this doesn't look fun to me. Like, I like horror games, but to me, it's not... I don't like the concept of, like, I'm just sitting in one spot, like, you know, playing Red Light, Green Light with a bunch of killer robots for yeah you know that that whole thing like it's it's not that it's too scary or whatever and those jump scares get cheap as hell in those games but it's yeah it's it's not it's not about that it's not about the horror aspect of it it's about the fact that that style of gameplay is so repetitive that i would I, i i i don't it's too repetitive for me i need more variety than that and that's and why the, f- the further they they went when they finally did sister location and like each you go to different spots and do different puzzles and stuff and then they have security breach yeah. where you're actually moving around like a real horror game it got better it got better as it went but like the first couple of games that style of just like you know yeah no I, run, yeah keep, you close the door and check the camera and close the door and check the camera and like that I I can't it's yeah five nights at freddy's uh, like seems to be like the the talk of the 
fucking internet when it comes like the younger kids. Because like yeah, yeah because the, the kids it's because kids of like the to let's go, players. Yeah, kids like to go out. Yeah, and it's they make kids costumes for this kind of shit. Yeah, that's why the movie was only PG thirteen. But that's I will say, fucking dark. I will say though, I was that's dark. Um, well, it's kind of like there are a lot of quote unquote horror games that scare the hell out of the people who are playing them on YouTube, and they're meant for people of that age. You know, like Markiplier, he's in his thirties. Yeah. His demographic, the people who watch him, are people from like the age of like, like eight to like fifty. So, um, yeah. So there's, a lot, a, there's that uh, other one, Pop, Poppy Playtime, is yeah, another Pop, one. Poppy Playtime, Bendy and the Ink Machine, Hello Neighbor. These ones are all popular with younger kids because they're more accessible to them. Because it's not like Outlast or Resident Evil where it's like super like violent yeah. over the top. It's it's more like the games, the Five Nights at Freddy's games aren't even violent. It's just constant jump scares, you know? Yeah. So, and same could be said for Benny and the Ink Machine. There's no blood. It's all ink. Right. So, so what, 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 what I thought was cool about this movie is, okay, I've seen Josh Hutcherson in a lot of shit. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Bridge to Terabithia. Uh, we've got um, Hunger Games. C- Hunger Games. Cirque de Freak, the Vampire's Assistant, was another one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Zathura was another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was deep, also... <laughs> deep cut. Dude, this shit... Like, okay. I'm going to pull up his fucking... Because I, was... I practically watched this kid grow up. He was good in this movie for sure. He I, was. Um, I, I don't say this often because, you know, taste is subjective and all that, but yeah. I, think, I think the critics are wrong here. I don't think this movie is specifically pandering to the fans. I think it stands on its own two legs. It does, because I'm not a fan. I, I'm not, not, I've, I've never played the games, and I liked it. He was in yeah. Adventure, Adventure to the Center, of, or Journey to the Center of the Earth with, um, with Brendan Fraser. Let's yeah. see. There was he was in RV with Robin Williams. He was Carl. I I will say there are a couple moments in this movie where characters make immensely stupid decisions, but that's just par for the course with horror. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, like I I dude, I've seen this kid in so many movies. I feel like the, I pra- uh, I feel like I practically watched it, watched him grow up. Well, we don't have time to go through the whole list, so uh, no, I'm not. I'm not the, just the, the just those are the big those are the bigger movies that I remember seeing him in. Um, yeah, I was gonna say even with someone with just base knowledge of the games, I felt like this movie was still pretty decent. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. No, I liked it. Was it. In, it was enjoyable at least. It was entertaining. Um, you know I who else like, was another. It had a it had a tone shift. It had a weird tone shift in the middle, and yeah. then because it, it was like horror at first, and then in the middle it kind of like becomes like fun, and then mm-hmm. it turns into horror again at the end. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No. Um. Seeing uh, Matthew Lillard in this too was pretty cool. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
Zoink, Scoob. Yeah, it's... Man, he's got mold. Uh, yeah, he has. <laughs> I almost didn't recognize him. Holy shit. You know? Yeah, no, that was that was Matthew Lillard. I, I thought they did one... pretty good with this. I, I will say yeah. I was surprised. For this only being PG-13, they there were a couple of times where they were like, let's see how much we can actually... Because like most of the deaths happen off-screen, and they're very censored because it's only PG-13. Kind of That's the only complaint I have about this movie is all a majority of the deaths were ha- happened off screen and but they were not without their blood in aftermath because if you remember there's a scene close to the end of the movie where we see all of the bodies yep. at once and uh-huh. th- the guy who got his face chewed off by that cupcake definitely had a face full of blood. <laughs> sure the fuck did. Um, sure did. I will I will say that. Um, yeah, like the visual of the saw blade slowly coming towards the security guard was pretty horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact: the security guard that gets the usual, you know, opening of the horror movie death. Um, mm. the, sec- the security guard in the beginning that was supposed to be Markiplier, but scheduling conflicts with his movie Iron Lung made it so he wasn't able to be in this. But that was going to be him. Gotcha. He was, Markiplier was going to play the security guard who died in the beginning because throughout the movie there are actually cameos from several different YouTubers. Um, I've no I noticed that. I noticed that. <clears throat> so the guy who drives the taxi cab was one of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the funny mid credit scene with him, by the way? Yes, I think. Where the Balloon Boy uh, toy shows up in his taxi cab and scares him? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was funny. Little Balloon Boy toy yeah. just kept popping up randomly. Uh-huh. But yeah. <clears throat> I like how they stayed true to the lore of the games and put their own twist on it. That was Oh yeah. Uh, no, it was that it was, was well done. That was fun, and the jump scares were pretty equivalent to what they were in the games. So I was expecting that. Um, I would have, I'd have to say, what would, what would, what, what would you rate it? I'd give it an eight. I'd okay, yeah, I'd have to agree with that because it's. I not, was gonna, I was gonna give it an eight point five. I was gonna but, give it an eight point five, but I, I, I can agree with eight. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's enjoyable. I I don't have many complaints. It's just some of the characters are stupid. I will say this. One of the reasons I'm giving it a, one of the things that, you know, like, you know, bumped it up for me, not, not down, like, you know, it might've been like a 7.5 if it wasn't for this, but there's a scene where a character gets killed in a way that I was not expecting for a PG-13 movie, but, uh-huh. you know, without saying who, suffice it to say, this character gets bitten in half by an animatronic, and you, uh-huh. see, you see the shadow of yeah. it happening, and you hear the crunch, and you're like, damn, that's crazy, and, but what you're not... There was, ex- some, there was you're, some major you're bone ex- crunching. Yeah. What you're not <laughs> expecting, what you're not expecting, is for the camera to cut to that person's lower half of their body laying on the ground, which I wasn't expecting for it being no. PG thirteen. So right. like you, you see the the torso fall. So <clears throat> yeah, that that was kind of a that was pretty cool and also accurate to the lore. So I was kind of glad yeah. they they did that, really showing you how these uh, animatronics can defy the laws of physics to get away with killing people. <laughs> right. 
Or should I say the ghosts of the dead children possessing the animatronics? That. I do like how um, how the protagonist just takes it all in stride when they learn that it's ghosts. They're like, oh, okay, ghosts. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's the last thing I needed right now. Right. <clears throat> yeah, also, very interesting, kind of deep and emotional storyline going on with the main character in that movie, oh, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah, no, because... Uh... With the whole Without, custody battle for his sister and all that. That 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 lady gave off major Karen vibes. Yeah, I hated his aunt. What a Oh my god. Un, she, un, un, no, what a she, Corella DeVille. Get fucked, Karen. <laughs> yeah, she's God, what a horrible woman. Not yeah, because what what she was hiring those kids to do for her was very illegal too. Yeah, it sure the fuck was. I like when the lawyer's like, "I shouldn't be hearing this," and she's like, "Sit down." Like, yeah, damn, no, like, bro, he's not a not a very good lawyer. No, but I'm. Oh my god. See, like you know, you're a, you know it's a Karen when they have their lawyer whipped. Yeah. Sure the fuck do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Yeah, that was a fun movie. Um It was. I at first I had some complaints about some of Vanessa's choices. Like like I'm like, look, I know you have your own personal involvement in this and your issues, but like at the same time you're a cop. You can't just let I mean, I trying to save their sister or not, you can't just hand over your vehicle to a civilian, you would be so fired. Like, Yeah, sure the fuck would. Yeah, it was, you know, just shit like that I notice sometimes. Uh-huh. That was an 8 out of 10 for you, huh? Any more thoughts on this one? Uh... No. No, not, not really. It was yeah, an enjoyable ride, much. huh? It was. It was. Let me I, ask I, it, I enjoyed you... it. Did you have a favorite kill in this one? Ooh. Ooh. Don't 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 spoil like who it is, but you can talk about the method of killing. No, I don't. No, okay, for me it it's definitely it... it's definitely the chomp. Yeah, the chomp kill. I'd have to say. Although the the Wait, the saw I... the saw blade's face mask is pretty gnarly too, and the dude getting his face chewed off by the cupcake is also pretty fucked. No, so. yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with like yeah, no, I'd have, to have I do have a favorite, and it's the the the, the dude that get his face chomped by the cupcake one. That was like uh, one of the one of the first deaths. It was, happened. it was, and it was funny. Pretty solid one because at least you got to see that happening from like at least a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get the aftermath later, when you least expect yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. I do think, though, yeah, the visuals of, like, like the security guard waking up in, like, the, the saw blades, in the mask coming towards them with the saw blades, like, that, that is definitely a horrifying visually, visual, right? There. Oh, yeah. Like, it's pretty well done, so. Um, just so you know... Um, in the games, the name of the quote-unquote big yellow rabbit, the uh, the boss battle that shows up at the end, if you will, is yeah, that is Springtrap. Springtrap, okay. Yeah, which was referenced when they talk about the Springtraps in the 
things. One of the the discarded puppets or dolls or animatronics that you saw, the one that he was going to touch before she told him not to, and then she used the broom and the spring trap went off and all that. That female doll right there, she was introduced in the games in the sister location game, I think. Later okay. On. So that was just like another Easter egg for the fans of the games. You know, they're like, oh, I, okay. rec- I recognize that and I recognize that. You know, there's Easter eggs all over the place in that movie. Oh, yeah, so. I believe it. I mean, it's, of course, it's, it was a movie made for the fans of the games. Yeah. But it's enjoyable all around, even if you've never played the games. Agreed. Okay. So, um, real quick then. Uh, I have w- one last thing as well. It is okay. a it is a recommendation because I'm only like three or four episodes into it, so I can't okay. I can't, can't go give full. It a, can't go give it a full review. No, no review. But I'm but literally one episode in, I thought it was good enough to recommend. So okay, this is a show on Showtime, but um, it's called Yellow Jackets. And Yellow Jackets, okay. This is a show about a group of high school girls on a soccer team who crash land in the woods on the air, the airplane flight. They're going to nationals. There's an accident. The plane crashes in the woods, and they have to do unspeakable things to survive out there. And mm. the show switches between two time perspectives. The past, when they were kids surviving in the wilderness after the plane Mm -hmm. crash, and the present, where the survivors as adults are dealing with the trauma and aftermath of the things they had to do to survive out there. Oh, yeah. Um, And it is – so in a way – but you can kind of tell – to an extent, who lives and dies based off who's an adult in the present. Um, mm-hmm. But th- the show does really good at slowly revealing characters that are still alive um, so that you aren't sure who does and doesn't die in the past. But also, mm-hmm. there are characters who are still alive in the present that may also... There are characters who die in the past and there are characters who die in the present. This is a... This is a thriller. This is a, a even borderline horror sometimes type show. It's okay. um, not like, at least from what I can tell so far, it's not supernatural. Although there was one scene where a girl has a flashback to when her grandma was passing away and she freaked out because she saw a man with no eyes in the corner of the room. And oh, that Jesus was a freak, That was a freaky scene. But this is mostly about the, th- the horrible things they have to do, like <clears throat> cannibalism <clears throat> in the wilderness to survive. Jesus so, Christ. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's heavily alluded at the end of the first episode, well, one of the things they had I to do. I don't have Showtime, so I, I, I would love to check it out, but I... I, I think I'm watching I think I'm watching this on Paramount Plus but I think there's like a Showtime add-on or something for it. Yeah, I, I mean I've got Paramount Plus but I do not have the Showtime add-on. Oh, fair enough. You could always sail the 7 seas <laughs> if you wanted. Um Yeah, there's you, that. You you do have a Plex server. Uh, I do. I do, don't I? But yeah, this show is, I want to say, two seasons in now, or maybe. 
Okay. Or the second season just started, or it's about to start, or something like I'd that. Need but need to anyways... get a fucking external hard drive for my computer if I was going to sail <laughs> the seven seas. I mean, it really, de- it really depends because movies, movies are big, but it depends on the quality of the movie. Most yeah. of them are like, most of them are like maybe two or three gigs at most. Yeah. Which, if you have like a 500 gig hard drive, you'd have to download like, you'd have to have like 200 movies on there before you start to run out of room. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but yeah, this show I highly recommended uh, because well, the cast is great too. It's got Melanie Lewinsky in it, uh, Julia Lewis, not Juliet Lewis, Julia Lewis. Uh, Christina Ricci is in oh it. Um, okay yeah Christina yeah, Ricci okay she plays the adult version of one of the craziest characters in the show named Misty. She's an absolute nut job. Okay. Um, yeah, and she plays it so well. Uh, okay. Yeah, the and the the, the 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 actors that they got to play the kid versions of them do just as good of a job. You know, it's very well nice. done. Um, very nice. Yeah, it is a it is a dark show, intrigued with mystery because in the present they start freaking out because someone sends them a postcard with a symbol on it relevant to their past, and they're all freaking out trying to figure out who's screwing with them, you know. And, like, one of them is running for president, so she, or, like, mayor or something, and she's like, I can't have this right now, so she hires an investigative reporter to, like, dig into the other ones, and, like, so it's this whole, like, thing where, like, they they're all starting to turn on each other because they all think that each other is trying to dig up the past, you know? Makes sense. Uh, so there's this, like, whole mystery behind, like, who's screwing with them, you know? Who's, you know, who's... Like, their past is coming back to haunt them, but who's behind it? You know what I right. mean? So you get two stories. You get the past and the present. And sometimes mm-hmm. it sometimes it jumps around a little. In... The beginning of every episode, it'll tell you when it's in the past, and it'll tell you when it's in the present. But after a Makes while, it'll, after a while, it'll just switch back and forth without telling you because it expects you, the viewer, to be smart enough to tell the difference between kids and adults. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. You're, you know, it's pretty obvious after three episodes in when you're in the past and when you're in the present. Exactly. You know? So and this is the kind of show you have to pay attention to, otherwise Makes you sense. will not understand what's happening. Yeah, right. because of that jump aroundiness so much. Makes so, sense. But I highly recommend this. Yeah, it's called Yellow Jackets because that's the name of their soccer team. By the okay. way, okay, makes that's sense. That's why. Yeah, but it does. Whenever the credits roll, it does make buzzing noises like Yellow Jackets flying around. Okay. Yeah, there might be, it might be a layered name, there might be more to it, because Yellow Jackets are, like, known for their aggressiveness, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm only on the fourth episode of the first season, so I haven't even scratched the surface of what the show has to offer, and I'm already hooked. Hooked, I tell you. <laughs> Alright, so, alright. I'll have to see if I can find a way to watch this. Most definitely. If not, I'll help you. Um, okay, perfect. But yeah, so that that is the media corner. Just a uh, a, a quick 
recap, we had a review for Insidious the Red Door available on Netflix. We had yes. a review for Fort Solace, a PlayStation 5 and PC game. Um, we had a recommendation for Man of Madan, a uh, game yes. ava- available on most platforms except for the Switch. Um it actually might be on there too. I could be wrong about that. It's available mm-hmm. on almost almost every platform. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Um that was a recommend. And yes. um then we had a review for Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Was it which is available on Peacock? Mm-hmm. And yes. also currently in theaters. And then yeah, a review for Gen V, which is yeah. available on Prime Video. Yep. And then of course the uh the Yellow Jackets which is available on Showtime. Yes. So, all right. Well, with that out of the way, I say let's, we transition uh, into the, the topic. topic. Yes, grab the tissues folks, it's time to cry. <laughs> I'm so sad. Leave me alone. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are at this episode's topic. Um, And uh, Nick has volunteered to take the reins on this one, so I'm going to let him... uh, I'm going to give him the floor. Okay, so the topic of discussion today is uh, tearjerkers. So... Bust out the tear, the the, t- the the tissue box. Sit back, listen, or watch, wherever you're listening or watching this, and enjoy. All right. So the first book, or the only book I really have that I can really throw into this category. I'm I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a little uh vulnerable with you guys here for a minute because I I know I've like briefly like mentioned it here and there but there was a a life event that happened in my life um and this book it's titled Grieving Dads to the Brink and Back. I had a son. Um, he was... He only lived to be a month old. And this... This book... Whenever... I should really probably pick it up more often than I, sh- than I do. But this book has helped me through some times and the guy that wrote this book I don't know I cuz I know I know this was this was I saw the article for this book on Facebook I think the guy the guy made an appearance on the Ellen show I don't know I can't remember but the guy that wrote this book as a grieving dad of his uh, uh, himself, and he 
couldn't seem to find any like resource materials for grieving dads and what he could find it was material on um on uh ways to console your significant other in this process but nothing that caters to men well so that being said he took it upon himself to write this book and in this book is uh stories from many other uh grieving dads that have lost children as well um I really need to, like, I, I really need to pick this up more than what I have lately. Like, I want to say this is probably the first time I've picked this book up in months. And, I, and the last time I picked it up, I didn't even look inside. Today, just before the podcast, I, uh, I did, I looked, I, I looked at the, the author's um the author's preface uh introduction in the book and it's it's just, just a reminder that i got to pick up books more often <laughs> <laughs> it is um very strong of you to share that with yeah everybody. i um and uh, it, i commend i commend i um not easy talking about it because i mean he no i can i can imagine especially this year this year talking about it really is really tough because this is it was back in 2017 he was born on september 12th and died friday october 13th and this is the first year since that year that October 13th has landed on a Friday. And it just made it that much worse. Right. I gotcha. Um, I, uh, you know, sometimes a, a good cry can be therapeutic. Yes. It's one of the reasons... I thought this would be a good topic for media stuff too, because yeah. when it comes to when it comes to stories and the way they're told, and especially when they're presented in an audiovisual medium, uh, things like the music and the way it's filmed and even the acting can emotionally manipulate the audience into feeling some. Kind oh, absolutely! Of way. Netflix um, is good at that shit. Just if, <laughs> just if it's done, yeah. So, um. So, I think that uh, a good cry is a good thing because, you know, that emotional response evoked out of yeah. the audience means that the director, the director did what mm -hmm. they wanted to. But since you're talking about, since you're talking about books, I'm going to stay on that for a moment because I actually remember reading a lot of sad books in high school. Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> well, this one wasn't in high school, but this is a very infamous book with a sad ending. Marley and Me. Oh, yes. That was a book? Yeah. <laughs> that was a book before it was I a movie, yes. I did not know that. 
I was going to talk yeah. about the Marley um, and Me movie later on when we when we when we transition to movies. Okay, yeah, that's. I mean, it's still, it, 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 yeah, wolf. wolf. <laughs> no, no pun intended. No, no pun intended. But damn, that's a. Sad it really thing. is. Um, it really is. Uh, although I have to laugh when Family Guy made fun of it, where they he was like. He was like, Marley, don't get your muddy paw prints all over my important documents. Marley, don't shake your water, your your wet fur all over our guests, you know. Marley, don't tear up these irreplaceable expensive things. And then at the end, he's like, aw, my terrible nightmare dog is dead. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to stay on topic whilst also going off topic. Because I don't know if... Uh-huh. My daughter's been watching the movie Inside Out a lot lately, and there. Oh, that's that's a skill. Yeah, so, yeah. I know what you're so gonna say. I know there what you're was gonna say. there was a moment where sadness says, "Yo, you remember that funny movie where the dog dies?" Because of course, sad, sad sadness oh. is gonna think that that's funny. Oh, that's not what I thought you were gonna talk about. In Inside Out, <laughs> you would we're talking about sad moments, and you mentioned Inside Out. It's Bing Bong. That's the sad moment. Yes, Bing Bong. The the death of that character is the sad moment in that movie. Yes. God damn, that moment is sad as fuck. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that is. Oh, that is absolutely. Sad, no, I was sad, sad. I sad. said, I, yeah, I probably should have warned people. This is going to be kind of a spoilery topic. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, no, I, I I brought up that specific part because we were talking about Marley and me. I was going off topic okay, while still yeah. while while simultaneously staying on topic. Well, since you brought it up, you can't bring up Inside Out in an episode like this and not talk about Bing Bong sacrifice. Yeah, you're, God you're not, damn, yeah, that, no, shit that, that shit was sad. Bing Bong. We're gonna, Disney movies are going to get a huge chunk. Yes, of this the episode, fuck they are. We'll, we'll get there. Fox and the Hound being so one of them. Sticking with books. I think where the red fern grows was sad, if I remember correctly. I don't think I ever read that one. Um, I think something happened to the dog in that one too. Uh, of mice and men because of him having to kill Lenny in the end. That's sad because okay. Lenny didn't mean to hurt that girl. He was just not smart. You know that story, don't you? Of mice and men. I, vaguely. Okay, yeah. This shit is like that book was written like years, like centuries ago. With this is like way beyond the statute of limitations at this point. So yeah. Um. Basic, basically, these two guys, they're brothers, I think, looking for work. One of them is smart. It's uh, like uh, it's like Lenny and and George or something. George and Lenny, I think they mm. are. And um, he, uh, Family Guy, did a bit, did a did a in the episode where they did like storybooks mm. is things like they did the, the Great Gatsby and. Uh, uh, Huckleberry yeah. Finn and of mice and men of mice and men was one of the ones they did. So, yeah. So when they did that, um, but basically the story goes. Long story short, they they go to the farm, they find work, but um, the farmer's daughter I think seduces Lenny, and Lenny's a bit slow in the head. You know, he's a big, strong oaf, but not mm -hmm. very smart, and um, you know, he's mentally disabled. So. Uh, 
he ends up accidentally killing her and like everyone's hunting him down and uh it's really sad because at the end George has to kill Lenny out of it, he mercy kills him cuz he knows that if he doesn't what the townsfolk will do if they get a hold of him will be much much worse so right he um here so as he he goes to kill his mentally disabled friend or brother or whatever uh you know mercy kill him to save him from this horrible fate that's about to befall mm-hmm. him he uh tells him he tells him to look up at the stars and stuff and he tells him he used to tell him stories of how they were going to they were going to buy a farm and they were going to raise rabbits okay they were going to raise rabbits on this farm and and so he's telling Lenny before he shoots him before he kills him to to think of the rabbits and it's just a very sad moment Jeez. it's like yeah, it's definitely they actually did like a live action version of it. Okay. Um at one point, but yeah, definitely look up like me even just watch like a a YouTube synopsis of like the story of Mice and Men cuz I what I just told you did it no justice, but like it is once you actually hear the lines in context, it's so heartbreaking. Oh, I believe it. Um him having to kill him his brother like that. It's such a sad story. Um but yeah, those were a couple of books with sadness in them. I'm trying to think if there's any others. I would have to say, like, I bet you the Hunger Games books, the deaths in them were a lot more sad than they I'll were tell in you, the I'll tell you a, a pretty you know? sad um, book series. I guarantee it. I guarantee it's hmm. sad. Sad. There's a lot of sad, a lot what, of sad what, what, moments what? in the movies. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to recycle our old jokes now. Okay. Okay. You know what? You do bring up a good point, though, and we are going to get to this later. We're doing sad stuff now, but there is – we're also going to do tears of joy and tears of laughter as well. So – um, <clears throat> but not, well, maybe not so much laughter cause we'll do an episode about comedies yeah. down the line. Uh, but, but tears, but this is like, you know, tears of joy is still like an emotional response, not yeah. a hot one. So, um, but yeah, those are some, those are some heavy books with some heavy, uh, heavy things going mm-hmm. on in them. So I mentioned, I mentioned, um. Family Guy a couple of times, so I have to admit, the episode where they quote unquote killed bro, Brian and replaced him for a few bro, episodes. Yeah, I they had a like, Oh my god. I mm-mm. I mean, I knew it was gonna probably come back eventually, but at the same time, like that shit. scene is just so so well filmed. Well filmed, it's animated, right? But you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I know. I, I lost yeah. my shit, bro. I lost my shit. And on the note of animated cartoons that made us cry, this is so stupid, but this is actually what gave me the idea for this episode. Is the uh, it's a Thanksgiving, a really old Thanksgiving episode of South Park where Timmy adopts a disabled turkey that he names Gobbles. And it is truly one of the saddest episodes in the whole series when he has to let him go at the end. <laughs> oh, Tim. Um, Poor Timmy. Timmer! And 
not only that, though, because it also, of course, they're just trying to be funny by, like, overselling the whole situation. But as Timmy's letting Gobbles go and realizing Gobbles. the camera pans over, the, the, the camera pans over and there's this guy and his girlfriend breaking up because he cheated on her and he's, and he's, like... I'm sorry, please don't leave me. And she's like, why'd you do it in the first place? He's like, I don't know. And they start crying. And then there's an old man on the bench with his with his middle-aged son. And he's like, I wasted my life, son. I'm dying and I have nothing to show for it. I should have told you I loved you. And then they start crying. And then there's a girl with her dead cat. And she's like, no, Scruffles. And <laughs> she starts Christ. crying. And it, it just keeps doing shit like that. And then there's a woman that looks at the camera and says, have you made the right choices in your life? And then it just pans up That's to the dark. sky. And I'm like, this is... I'm like, this is fucking stupid, but I'm tearing up. <laughs> like, this is making me genuinely sad. <laughs> like. That's fucking dark. Yeah. Well, of course it is. It's South Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man. No, sometimes these cartoons, they can be tear jerkers. Futurama was the best for this, though. He had several episodes that pulled at your heartstrings, but the most memorable one by far is Jurassic Bark. Because. Oh, for the love of God. That dog, when Fry ends up frozen and ends up going to the future, that fro that dog stayed there and waited for him in that same spot until it died of starvation. All mm -hmm. those years. That was... Like, that is some loyalty that cannot no. be matched. That and, like, the episode where he finally gets to say goodbye to his mom, but it's in a dream, but it's, like, you know, closure for yep. him. It's like, fuck! Yeah, no, dude. These cartoons are supposed to be... F these cartoons are supposed to be funny. Why do they keep making me cry? <laughs> oh, you know another... Like, okay, so there's a whole... Like... Okay. So. There was... A lot of times... I found myself just mumbling under my breath, fuck you, Netflix. Because there's times where I was like, I was binge watching one of the shows while I was doing the security gig. Um, and I would find myself crying because these shows are so goddamn good. Lucifer is a good okay. example. Lucifer had me like the there was that was that one had me We're going to need specifics, my friend. Oh dude. I don't even remember what happened in Lucifer that what happened in Lucifer that made you cry? Made you oh, sad. Dude, I'd have to go back and watch. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, let's, um... I will say, another... Let's, let's do some things. There was there yeah. was uh, another show that uh, was a, a heavy topic. Heavy topic hitter um, on Netflix. Where they, they're in, in season one, and in season two, they had to go back and edit out two of the most graphic scenes in these... In the in this show, this show also being the first season based on the book, Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh yeah, that's who. That show yeah. was an emotional roller coaster in in itself. 
mainly the fucking finals, the final season. Um, you get. Um, okay, yeah, I've got a couple. The, so the oh, what's the, that? What Netflix is really good at when they do their shows, and when any network does when they do their shows, is. Care they, they 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 get you so hooked on these shows that you become emotionally invested in these characters, and and there's another uh, show yes. that I'm going to talk about. And I'm I'm going into spoiler territory for anybody that that hasn't seen. I, I'm mm, I'll get there. I'll get to that one. Wait, 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 hold on, because if it's the one I'm thinking of, I do want to say that there is one show that I do want to avoid saying spoilers, but we can say that there was sad moments. God damn it, because that's shot. what I was going to, I was going to go, is God damn it, because of, because that is, because of some of the people who are listening to this, but I agree with you when it comes to the finale, yes, that is, I know Bro, what I cried I like a about, bitch. and I agree. Definitely, I, fucking... I, I I feel like there's a lot of happy. Yeah. there's a lot of happy tears there, though, as well. Um, but a lot of character deaths throughout yeah. the series also were very upsetting. <laughs> um, to be sure. Um, I can think of another good example. There was a very undeserved, very like they should have never did this, and. Probably the most emotional I ever got over a character death in a TV show was uh, uh, the death of a character in Orange is the New Black. Um, oh, which, on Netflix. which character about, was it? Because uh, I've watched, I've been... Pusey. Oh, yeah, that's right. The death that started the riots. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, I was so torn up over oh, that. I, I was destroyed. Oh, no, that was... That, that was, was so undeserved. That was a tough, that was, yeah. no, that was a rough one. Um. Yeah, that was rough oh okay oh that yeah that that one had me that one had I me don't going even remember i do want to give a about. i do want to give a quick example of happy tear real quick before i forget okay. um it would be um the ending of kingdom hearts 2 when they finally make it home after all this bullshit that they've been through uh-huh. and they're like they're they're crying cuz they're happy to be home and uh you know Sora's like we're back and Kyrie's like you're home and she like reaches her hand out and the song is playing and like they grab the hands and the screen cuts to black and the song like picks up more and the credits roll and i was like Oh, dude, like, fucking um, 16-year-old me at that point was like, oh, my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna jump shit. back over like, to TV for a moment. Because we're just... Yes. Yeah, we're, I'm going to, yeah. Um, I just wanted to get that one Happy Tears one in there before I forgot. Yeah, because that... No, you're good. To this, to this day, it still gives me goosebumps. Granted, it doesn't matter anymore because of everything that comes after it. But at the time, that was a very well-deserved happy ending. Yeah. You know, that was like a... That was like a... That was one of those, like... They earned that ending. Mm-hmm. They earned that ending. Yeah. Um, And this happened about a month or so. So, no, a couple months ago, a couple months ago now, 
damn, he's been gone that long. He's been gone. Never, ever, in my time of being a wrestling fan, have I ever cried during an episode of Friday Night SmackDown like I did when they did the two-hour-long tribute show to Bray Wyatt. Dude, I lost my shit. As soon as they put the spotlight on the chair, Q Waterworks. Q Waterworks, bro. That was... That was... That was... Well written. Well... Not... We didn't say written... But well, it was well done. Because they had an entire episode of SmackDown that they, b- b- before they had gotten word that Bray Wyatt had passed away, that they were going to air, but they scrapped all of the plans to have a storyline driven episode of SmackDown and they did a two hour tribute show to Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk on the fly like that was a last minute thought yeah ooh yeah there's been a lot of uh Celebrity deaths that were uh, yeah kind of rough like that. Oh yeah, but um, in the in the subject of the media itself, so I so this is technically TV, but also video game. Okay. Um, the opening of The Last of Us. Yes. Uh, when the when the pandemic starts and um, Joel's daughter gets gunned yep. down. At the end, oh yeah, at, no, that was that, that. That scene was rough, dude. That scene was hard to watch. Yeah, that's that. That's a that's a rough one. That's one of the most infamous opening scenes in video game history. Yep, and it is. It really sets the tone for the rest of the story going forward. Sure does. It's woof. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's just a hell of a like. I've seen people like showcase the game to other people and they're like look just watch like the first 20 minutes and tell me that you're not interested right you know like and as as soon as the title screen hits they're like all right i gotta go (laughs) you know yeah yeah so um yeah i'm definitely putting uh i'm definitely putting that one that one up there yeah so many so many disney movies fall in this category of course because obviously can you think of a single disney movie that doesn't have a dead parent or two bro (laughs) the one i remember seeing in theaters when i was a kid and i burst into tears in the theater was brother bear oh okay brother bear was a really sad one for me I'm thinking of like Mufasa's death in the Lion King because that one's pretty big. To that's... this day, that one still makes me tear up. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's 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 what that's one for the history books. Another one. Yeah, I, uh... Another one. I would say that kind of had me tearing up towards the end. Was Fox and the Hound. Oh God, that is a depressing movie. For sure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is. it really is. 
is one of Disney's most like, like dreary, dreary. I movies. just watched that with my daughter the other day. Bambi, the opening of Bambi, uh, Bambi's, and all these Bambi's mom jokes. Dumbo is super depressing. Sure is. <laughs> In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Dumbo's kind of scary sometimes. Y- yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. What's Maybe that's where one? Dylan's fear of trains came from. Jesus fuck. God oh. damn it. <laughs> Dude, the opening of Big Hero 6. Tadashi. Yes. Tadashi. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was that was pretty nuts. That, that was, was that was that one was sad. Up. 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 The whole op- opening the mo- montage of Up. Yes, yeah. the whole opening montage of Up. Yes. Absolutely. Jesus Christ, yeah. You know how to, you, okay, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to switch off the Disney switch real quick and I'm going to hop okay. on over to Nickelodeon. Really? Yes. Both actually all three of the goddamn Rugrats movies made me cry like a goddamn baby. Okay, I was about to say you're not going to say SpongeBob, are you? Cuz no, the the fucking Rugrats movies, bro. Like Really? The, yeah, no, like Well, when, I mean, like they're in... movies about babies, so they had a lot of crying in them. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> the one that really got me the the one that got me the most was when and 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 the Rugrats movie where where Tommy is about to Put the 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 baby food the the banana baby food on Dill for the for the monkeys to attack him, and then he realizes what he's doing when he sees his reflection in the uh, the pocket watch that that his dad gave him, and he doesn't yeah. like he doesn't like what he sees, so he stops. And it profusely apologizes to Dill. That shit got that shit gets me every fucking time, every time. Yeah, yeah. I can. I'm thinking of a couple more good examples here. Uh, um, there was the um, what, the um, one. I was gonna move on to the Rugrats in Paris tearjerker that really oh, okay. gets me. Um, okay. The one part that always gets me every fucking time in. Rugrats in Paris is when they're they're flying in the airplane, but I think they're flying there. Maybe flying back? I can't remember. But when there's a vision in the clouds and it's the, it's the fucking music that they play during this scene that gets me because it 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 flows so well with the vision in the clouds of Chucky and his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Every fucking time. I'm almost um, choking up just talking about it. <laughs> um I've got some I got some heavy hitters for us. I hope you're ready for this. Right? Okay. Shoot. The green the green mile. I can't speak on that one because I have not seen it. Oh man, you've missed out on a huge piece of cinematic history. Uh, um, yeah, I need to. I need to. I need to get on that shit. 
Tom Hanks, uh, Michael Duncan Clark, may he rest in peace. Yep. He, um, really good. But the movie, do you know what it's about? No. Not it's about a, it's about about a man on death row who's like supposedly it's kind of ambiguous but I think you're led to believe he's wrongfully accused for the murder of these two girls and he's this big strong scary looking black guy and this is during the racist times and they're two little white girls so you oh, know damn. he's yeah, he's screwed, but he has this special power where he can heal people's diseases by absorbing it into himself and oh? the movie the movie takes some turns with it. Yeah, it's called The Green Mile because when they're going to death row, they're walking the Green Mile. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. The movie is is a, is a emotional watch. One of the guys on death row is a mentally handicapped guy who makes friends with a mouse. What um, the fuck? What did he what yeah. did the mentally handicapped do guy do to get You have put to remember the t- the time that the movie takes place in, you know. They That's were, he fair. probably, he probably just scared some lady, you know, but like this was, you know, when they did lobotomies and shit, so. That's, yeah, yeah, that's <clears> fair. <throat> okay. Yeah. Um, Saving Private Ryan is another good one, especially from, I mean, obviously I was never in a war, but people who were, who have been to war, say, the opening of Saving Private Ryan is from what I understand, extremely accurate to what actually happened during that, that the storm on the beach during that day, like what actually happened during that time. And it is gruesome. It is hard to watch and it gets parodied a lot in other things like sausage party. Um, there's a, okay. So I'll let you finish with this one, but I've got another war, war related movie that, uh, that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do, do that because, like, war-related movies in general are, like, sad and hard to watch most of the yeah. time. They're p- pretty pretty real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But Saving Private Ryan is by far one of the best ones out there. Like, one of the best movies ever made in general, truly. Yeah. So. so <clears throat> what's, the, the, what's the one <clears throat> you were thinking of? Brothers with... Uh, with uh, oh. Jake Gyllen, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, Tobey Maguire, but that one's more like urban, right? Not like like a not like war war like like so- soldier. This one's more like like this one sh- like this, like, this... like SWAT SWAT, isn't it or something? like no, that? No, it's it's Tobey Maguire's character. I've is... seen this. It's just been a long time. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal, Natalie Portman. And Toby McGuire. While on tour in Afghanistan, Sam's copter, Sam being Toby McGuire, is shot down as he is presumed dead. Back home, it is his screw up brother, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who looks after the family. Sam does return, but with a lot of excess baggage. This movie shows off what PTS what what war can do to a soldier in PTSD. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I remember that movie. That was a good one. It was that was Yeah. <clears throat> it was it was really good. 
I got another. I got another heavy hitter for you. Like the okay. entire movie, just because just because the premise of it is okay. fucking gut wrenching. <clears throat> Go for it. Um, the boy in the striped pajamas. God damn it! Another one I haven't seen. That is, you follow a prisoner of war during the um, World War Two, and it's okay. a it's a child. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it, but the, I hear The Fault in Our Stars is pretty sad, because um, the kid has cancer yeah. in it, the main dude. Um, I would like to give a special shout-out to that scene in Infinity War where Tom Holland ad-libbed uh, Spider-Man's death line, I don't want to go, Mr. Starker, so, you know, I'm, I don't want to go. Anyways, mm-hmm. that was sad. <laughs> I mean, even though we knew he was coming back, his acting was so good in that scene that it definitely made me emotional. Bro, um, fucking Guardians of the Galaxy three was fucking yes, emotional. Yes, oh my god, that movie, that movie Bro. hit me in the feels so many times. I laughed, and, I fucking cried, man. Oh, the death of his friends, the deaths of his friends. I that's mm-hmm. just that's probably the saddest scene in the oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's where I cried the hardest. And the scene where they think that they lost Rocket and Peter is just, like, wailing. Oh, my God, that destroyed me. Bro, I'm telling you. Ugh, yeah, that was... Oof, that was a good one. It um, was. Ooh, here's another cartoon that'll make you cry at the end. Mm. The Iron Giant. <laughs> Bruh, you ain't lying. That's, like, one of my favorite you, movies. You've seen that one? I oh, fucking you remember love that the, movie. I had you remember fucking... his... His final line, Superman. Mm-hmm. Now that hit oh. me in the feels every fucking time. It hurts. <laughs> it does. Another, another, uh... Finding Dory. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. What about when Tony Stark died in Endgame? Bro, I still haven't even actually seen the ending of Endgame. <laughs> My fucking, yeah, but you know. Yeah, I I know about it, but I was it was, it it was spoiled for me when it was still relevant, because okay. someone someone had uh, basically pulled up the video on YouTube on his phone and basically handed it to me like he said, "Here, watch this." I'm like, "What the fuck? God damn it! I didn't know Tony Stark. God damn it!" <laughs> That's unfortunate. What kind of asshole? Wow. That's my okay. brother-in-law. Um. So, oh, have you ever seen I Am Legend, the one with Will Smith? Yes. The dog. Mm-hmm. What he what he has to do to the dog is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. The inc- the incinerator scene in Toy Story three where they're all holding hands and think they're about to die. Yep. That got to me. Yeah, that 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 definitely got to me. I know you haven't seen Coco, but that movie is so fucking sad. God yeah, damn, that movie I is sad. It. I I cried so hard watching Coco. It is, um, yeah. Um, but I have here's one that'll appeal to you. What about the deaths of Dumbledore and Snape in the Harry Potter movies? You know which one I cried over over the over more than them? Huh? Fucking Dobby. You know what? You're fair, <laughs> bro. I cried. Li- mm, that's pro- no, no. You know, okay. Dobby and Hedwig. I cried when Hedwig died too. 
Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, because the poor... It's always sad when an animal dies. It that's is. why movies... That's why, like, anytime you see a movie that's going to have an animal as the main character, like Mighty Joe Young, I'm automatically skeptical. Right. Um, what about that scene in Rise of Skywalker where Rey... It didn't actually happen, but for a moment, they make us think that she killed Chewbacca. Yeah. You you remember that when she blows up the ship and she's like, oh God, what have I done? Like that, that shook me for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know? Also, not saying I, the also, not saying I want Chewbacca to die, but I do kind of feel cheated the, at the fact that they like wussed out on it well, <laughs> the, since at we're, the same s- time. Since we're talking about the Star Wars sequel films, I'll I'll throw in the death of Han Solo in there. the The fucking yeah. emotional rampage that Chewbacca went on after fucking Ben fucking just. <laughs> No fucks given. But Chewbacca... Oh my god. He went... For lack of better terms, he went postal. He Um, did. He went postal. I keep thinking of this scene from a movie that I can't remember the name of, but it had, I want to say, a young Macaulay Culkin in it, and there's a scene where his character is allergic to bees and he dies... Um, and the the girl that he's friends with is at his funeral. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hold on, I got this. Let me do a quick Google search. Okay. M- movie where Macaulay Culkin dies to bee stings. It's called My Girl. Okay. I've never seen. I've I've not seen that one. A movie called My Girl, where um, oops, it's uh. Yeah, it's it's um it's a coming of age romantic comedy drama film. Mm-hmm. Um it tells the story of an 11-year-old girl living in Madison, Pennsylvania during the summer of 1972 and um she's a bit of a hypochondriac and her dad runs a funeral power funeral power funeral parlor blah and she <laughs> ends up with this like obsession with death. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, anyways, the kid, Macaulay Culkin's, Macaulay Culkin's character, um, it's also got Jamie Lee Curtis and Dan Aykroyd in it. Okay. Um, but his character, he's just a kid, like a young kid in this one, like Home Alone Young, and, um, right. he, uh, his character dies from from a bee sting allergy in the movie, and it's a very sad moment in the movie, um, just in general. I'll also say, just like, even if the movie has a happy ending, any movie where animals get lost and have to find their way home just makes me sad by default because they're strays. lost. Strays. You know what I mean? The strays was funny, although it did have some emotional moments. You're not wrong. It did have some tear moments in that movie. It did. Um <clears throat> But I'm thinking of like Homeward Bound is oh, one of them. Oh, fucking classics! Yeah, that's a that's a classic. But it's Milo and Otis. Mm, um, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, here's here's a sad old dog movie for you, Old Yeller. <laughs> I mean, they, they they Lassie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they had some moments. 
Oh, it's kind of funny. Oh, you know what uh, What gets me still thinking about it is the mm. ending of Fast and Furious 7 with all the Paul Walker stuff. Yep. And that song playing. And there was a Family Guy episode a few years back where they kind of paid, paid homage to that. But, like, Brian gets drunk and rips apart Rupert, and he takes Stewie on an adventure to, like, spread Rupert's ashes over a mountain. And it's a weirdly emotional moment, and there's, like, a in-memoriam to Paul Walker at the end of the episode, and it's actually kind of sad. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yes. It, it, I, I, there's a funny moment, though, <laughs> where um, they're at the top of the mountain, and Stewie's like, pour one out for Rupert, Brian. He's like, pour one of what out? He's like, whatever you've got, just pour it out for Rupert. He's like, I've got a Gatorade bottle full of piss from the long drive. He's like, pour <laughs> it out. Pour it out for Rupert. <laughs> oh, dead. Oh, oh, shit. Um... <clears throat> Can you think of any happy tears moments that you've had? Things that were just, like, so beautiful that it made you cry? It's like a, a happy ending that was so beautiful. Yeah, the I ending of the first Mighty Ducks movie. Okay. Because I would say Elemental kind of did that for me. Yeah, that Elemental did that for me, too. But no, the the first Mighty Ducks movie, them's, them's was some happy tears, because those kids fucking deserve that win. Okay. Yeah, I have to agree. It kind of reminds me because um, there's some sad. Speaking of, I just did a fucking binge watch of all three films. You kind of just reminded me though that there were some sad moments in some sports movies too. Like remember yeah. the Titans? Yep. Had radio. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. Radio. Um, and then of course there are some movies that just deal with. The, like the subject material by nature is like Sad. emotionally difficult. Yeah, like uh, Antoine Fisher, for yeah. example. That's Barbie. A big one. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I didn't see. I didn't find myself crying. Crying during that one. I just had to make that. I just had to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Sometimes. Sometimes they'll get. They'll get me though. I um. I know someone who said during Avengers Endgame, the scene where they go back in time and Tony gets to talk to his dad in person really got to him because... Oh, that makes know, they sense. Nev- they never got that opportunity with their own father. So yeah. it's kind of a, you know, thing. Yeah, there's also that scene on Vormir where um, Hawkeye and Black Widow fight over who's going to sacrifice themselves for the stone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a emotional situation. Um, there is a uh, oh shit. There is a um. Oh, God there damn. were oh um in Spider Man No Way Home the the newer one with with all the Spider Men together. Yeah, um, and fuck the one that the the one that Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire swore up and down they had nothing to do with it, and everybody already right. knew. Right. Well, anyways, the scene where uh, he, where Andrew Garfield Spider Man catches MJ is like a redemption for him not saving Gwen Stacy in his own movie. Yep. And the look on his face when he catches her, it is that got me. That got me. That and when Peter is stopping the other Peter from killing the Goblin, and the look on his face—no words, just a look. It's very strong. 
Yeah. There was Very a, strong emotionally. Yeah, I don't... Okay, this... This one had... This is another animated, like, animated, like, children's movie. But this one always got to me. Secret of Nim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh, um... I would say maybe there were some, speaking of animated mouse movies, there were probably some sad move, moments in Fievel. Fievel goes west, yeah. Um, I'm thinking, also... I'm thinking specific, no, I'm thinking more of the first one when him and his sister are both singing that song somewhere out there. Yes, yes. That's a sad one. It is. You know what? While we still have time, we should talk about sad songs. We've done a lot of movies yeah. and... TV shows. We should do some uh, songs bet. and I got an entire fucking and, library. Yeah. I have an entire playlist dedicated to sad songs. Rapid fire them. Tell me the the, the song and the artist. Give okay, me a list. Okay, let's let me let me go and find the Okay, so I have it um You made a playlist specifically for sad songs? I sure the fuck did and I call it Grief Therapy Mix. Gone Too Soon okay. by Daughtry. See You Again uh-huh. featuring Charlie Puth by Wiz, uh, by Wiz Khalifa. Galaxy yep. by Like a Storm. Shine by Fight or Flight. Home by Daughtry. Um, I Still Miss You by Keith Anderson. Till Death uh, maps to the Hollywood Scars. Um... Let's see. Drink a beer by Lo- by Luke Bryan. Um, okay. When I get where I'm going by Brad Paisley. Uh, let's see. And then this one. This one really hits home because he's one of my favorite TikTok creators. On TikTok, he's known as Tainted Lyric. His name is Stephen Champion, but. Like myself, he is also a grieving dad, and he wrote a song about his son Liam, and he called it Liam's Song by Stephen Champion. Okay. But there was... Okay. No, the... Those first... Those first four songs... Gone Too Soon by Daughtry, See You Again by Wiz Khalifa, Galaxy by Like a Storm. Those three songs were played at my son's uh, memorial service. We wanted to add Shine by Fight or Flight, but it was a little too late to do so. Okay. I am going to... um... You know, just to keep us on the uh, the side of balance, mm-hmm. I am going to I'm going to rapid fire some sad video game moments real quick that I can think of. Too. Uh, I have one. Um, I have one to throw in there that that was tough for me to play. That was Heavy Rain. Yep, uh, yep, that's a good one. I can see. Yep, I can see that. Um, I would say Detroit Become Human has yep. some pretty strong emotional moments. Sure in does. It with, 
with the whole fighting for their rights thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when in Gears of War two, when Dom discovers the the ghost of his wife, that okay. is a pretty sad one. The entirety of the Life is Strange franchise is pretty melancholy. Okay, um, like it's like Life is Strange in general is a uh very very emotional um franchise. Mm-hmm. The white the white phosphorus scene in Spec Ops the Line when you think that you're taking down a bunch of enemies with white phosphorus and then you realize that you've just murdered an entire village of innocent people. <laughs> it is Yeah crazy. The ending of the first Telltale's The Walking Dead game. Okay. Um where the where Clementine has to choose whether or not to kill the man that you've been playing as this whole time that you've that's been protecting her this entire game. It's it's a very sad ending, you know, because he's infected. Yeah. Um it is so good though. Um Red Dead Redemption, the first one. Okay. I guess you could say. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty sad. Um the entirety of the game Spiritfarer, because literally the whole point of that game is you are uh, ferrying spirits across the river Styx, and you are communicating with them to like learn what happened during their lives and stuff, getting mm, some of their, their last last memories. Um, and um, the ending of Final Fantasy X, such a very sad sacrifice moment yeah. in that one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the ending of Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, and a lot of games with, like, art, like choices that you can make, like RPGs with choices, like the Dragon Age games and stuff, have the potential for having some sad character moments. Uh, I would mm. say uh, Morden's death in Mass Effect 3 was a big one for me. Okay. Like, I... Like that, that, that moment, literally, I, I paused the game and went to grab a to grab a drink like i i paused the game and had a drink before i kept going after that one jeez man yeah that was uh that was an interesting um a very interesting one watching kratos become vulnerable in the first god of war 2018 especially that um when Atreus is being like super snotty towards him, and he finally goes off, and he's like, "Do not mistake my silence for lack of grief. Mourn how you wish, but leave me to my own." You know, yeah, that gives that gives me goosebumps every goddamn time. Um, the game Firewatch, pretty okay. pretty pretty sad in a lot of ways, um, and. Uh, that's all I can think of rapid firing off the top of my head off uh okay for for those ones um are we thinking of any more I haven't watched Bojack Horseman all the way through but I hear that there's some very sad moments in that one like Neither the show is literally a, it's literally about depression so yeah um um Euphoria has some sad moments Euphoria was good This is us has some very sad moments um okay yeah, I've heard a lot about that one. There was some sad uh, moments in Fuller House. Yep, I believe it. I uh I believe it. When Will's dad left on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, was... no, that one that that was a that was a big one. 
And yeah, speaking of euphoria, when Rue reads her eulogy to her dad on that show is another. Also, Zendaya is just really good. Yeah. Eh. Um, Grey's, Amad- Grey's Anatomy had some stuff. Gilmore Girls, Game of Thrones. I guess depending on how attached you are to the characters. Yeah. For me, it's too violent to be sad, though. Um, yeah. It's more gratuitous than it is emotional. There's some pretty uh, pretty emotional parts in uh, True Blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all good. Oh, well. I know I mentioned I I know I mentioned The Last of Us once already, but it's worth mentioning that Sarah's death in the beginning isn't the only notable one throughout that franchise that brings on the waterworks. There are several in the first game alone that are yeah. like. There's one in the DLC called Left Behind that is like, and that that is also the seventh episode of the show. Um, okay. Yeah, and there's um, there's another one uh, that uh, I need to start watching that again. Two two characters that they meet, one of them doesn't make it, and it's a very emotional death. I remember um, that episode. Is that the? Uh, ep- Episode oh, three is the that... Sam and Henry. Sam and no, nope, not that one. But that is a good moment in the show. That part's not in the game, but I'm glad you brought that up because in the show, that episode definitely counts towards this. Yes, that was a, that was a pretty emotional one. Yeah, the one with Nick Offerman. Yeah, that was. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a very very good uh, episode. Yeah. But anyways. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of there's so many things that we haven't mentioned, but you know, time is of the essence. factor. So, yeah, yeah, time is a factor. But man, we 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 covered a lot of ground. I think we talked about a lot of things. Um, yeah, we did. But anyways, let me know, folks. Uh, some of your most memorable sad moments in your favorite media. If you're watching this on YouTube, in the comments down below. And remember to click that like button, or you can email me at m-r-o-v-e-r-s-o-u-l-5-3 at gmail.com. You can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Oversoul53, and so on and so forth. And why not add me on the PlayStation Network if you want to? It's the same as my email. So, there you go. And And you? You can find me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at the vaping fiend on TikTok, the dot vaping dot fiend, and why not? If you want to add me on the PlayStation Network too, that's fine. Uh, at the vaping fiend. Yes, and before we go, I just thought of one more extraordinary measures with Brendan Fraser and uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, I can't, I can't put any, I can't put any input on that. But ink cart. Yeah, Inkheart but extraordinary measures. Extraordinary measures was the one where they're trying to find the cure for cancer. Oh, like yeah. no, 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 not cancer, not cancer, not cancer. It was the beginning of them finding the cure for something. It was like polio or something. I don't remember okay. the specifics, but it's based on a true story, and it's very sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's another good one. But anyways. That's all we have for you today, folks. Um, Hope we didn't make you too sad talking about these sad moments, especially the ones involving animals. Right. Um, But uh, anyways, look forward to brighter topics in the near future. Yes. And 
as always, we'll see you in the next one. Good night, everybody. Bye.